like a surgeon. Well, Merry Christmas. How is everybody? Good, good. Well, welcome. My name's Ryan Grable. I'm the lead pastor here at Soundhouse. I know many of you, but some of you we have not met. I know you've come with family and friends, and so uh, whether it's you're, you know, just visiting with them and you live somewhere else, we want to say thank you for being here and celebrating Christmas with us. But secondly, also, we want to say, hey, if you're in the area and you have not found a church and maybe this is your, uh, you know, a church experience that you really, really enjoy, um, we would love to invite you back um, just to let everyone know that we have a service on Sunday. So the day after Christmas, we'll be having a service here that's live. Feel free to join us. We'll be downstairs and we had to incentivize you with breakfast, so we'll be cooking breakfast for anybody who wants to come and uh, having a, a, a Christmas, or, or sorry, a post-Christmas service there. So we would love for you to join us. So, um, well, let's just jump right into it. Was that book reading that they did awesome for the kiddos or what? I loved it. It was great. Thank you, Christy, for doing that. Well, it's Christmas. And before I jump into this message, I have to start with maybe framing the message in a specific way but before i really get into it we got to talk about christmas we got to talk about a, a lot of the momentum for christmas is about gifts and that's not wrong but it's about gifts and receiving gifts which is what christmas we come here to celebrate is all about about christ's gift to us but i remember my first christmas where i really 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 was like please if this gift shows up under the tree. Now, some of you are in all different generations, so remember that gift in that moment where you just were anticipating, you couldn't wait, you were waiting for that gift. I know you can be there easily when you think of that gift and it, what a joy it was that it showed up. This was mine, can you put these up on the screen? These first ones here, these were the two gifts. Now, I'm a Gen Xer, so this is what, was happening then and when He-Man showed up in Optimus Prime it was a very very good Christmas day and um, you may have had your own story yes the Gen Xers right the, the those who wanted that I was thinking like I wonder what some other generation Larry where are you at Larry one of our elders Larry right here wonderful man I started trying to find out what would Larry have gotten, and then I did find one in a museum. Larry, if you could, Larry, is that, was that your first? I wasn't letting Christmas go. <laughs> the, uh, my daughter, one of my daughters, uh, she wanted, if you remember, this is a different generation, but the American Girl doll, right? The American Girl doll, wow, that was it. We ended up, you know, she ended up getting one for Christmas. And then it was really weird because I thought, why does she want this one so bad? And then I put up a picture here of my daughter and uh, her American Girl doll. I thought, she just wants to hang out with herself. Here's my daughter, Ava, now, and um, do you have your American Girl doll? 
Oh, she cut off all the hair, gave her a haircut. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but that was such a big deal, if you remember it. It was a huge, huge, huge deal. And my last thing of maybe building this, what Christmas anticipation is for young ones, and we think about it, and how exciting it is. You know, some of us, Christmas isn't exciting. Some of us, it's been a hard time. Some of us, it has been a season of busyness and trying to figure out stuff. Some of us, it's been um, a season of loss and, we, and, and we're trying to work through stuff. And so I understand that totally, but Christmas is the time that we absolutely are reminded about the gift that we have. It's why we're all here. It's really why we're all here. It's why you have that life in your life. It's why you're alive inside. It's who you are. It's because of what Christ gave. If we can play this video, this is a video of my youngest daughter when she was young, and, and it's the biggest response I've ever seen from one of our children on a gift. And she had been talking about this sheep she wanted. She wanted this sheep so bad, and it was like, why do you want a sheep? It's the only thing she wanted was this sheep. And when the sheep arrived on Christmas morning, here's maybe just a glimpse. I only took 10 seconds of it, but. Okay, go ahead. It's a little dark. What you didn't see is that the sheep's head was bobbling around everywhere, and then she put it on the ground and began to pound it into the ground by its neck and go, my sheep! And I was like, oh, that poor sheep. And she was so happy. She took that sheep everywhere, and I just heard her say, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep, my sheep. If you are here and you've come from a difficult situation or Christmas has been chaotic, there's... No, no reason not to rejoice inside, even like a child over a sheep, over really the Lamb of God coming into our life and celebrating and embracing the gift that you have been given. The easiest thing to do is to get distracted by everything else that's around us and forget the moment that it all happened. It's all because of a, a, a gift of grace. It's, it's a gift completely of God's greatest grace. Let me read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that you may boast. It's a, a completely a gift. It's the best gift we could have ever God, and if you've gotten, get nothing else the rest of your life, this is the greatest gift that you have ever been given. Those who are in prison right now, who've received Christ, that's the greatest gift and freedom that they could ever have, even though they're surrounded by walls. It's the greatest gift. I titled this message, Life in the Light. And we'll finish with kind of like the signifying what the light is in a, in a body of the church, but what the life is to each one of us. And so we'll kind of walk out this life of light. But I titled it Life in the Light. And when I think about this in the world today, it, it's, I don't know about any of you, but it's really, really been good for me to turn off the news. Has anybody felt this way? It's been good for me to not 
personally be on social media. It's been very good for me to try to stay away as much as I can because when we peer into what is going on, we can be overwhelmed and realize that maybe the world is too difficult, but the world is not too difficult. The greatest thing that ever happened happened 2,000 years ago that gave the world light. And you may feel like at times in your own life personally or in the world around you that you're surrounded or overwhelmed by darkness. But I tell you what, I've never ever lost hope in the Christmas message. I've never lost hope since the moment I found it is that their light is greater than darkness at all times. Then here's a story I'm going to read just briefly of the birth the story of the gift that changed the world, Luke 2, 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all, um, that all the world should be registered. Remember the word registered, that this was the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered. Everybody under the Roman Empire, each one to their own town. This is not like a census. So Mary and Joseph are in a situation where they have to travel to register. When we get a census, we go, oh, wow, look at our population growth. Look at all the demographics. That's so neat. This state grew. That city grew. This is not what this is about. Remember, when Christ came, it was the most difficult of circumstances. It wasn't a census. This was about pure power and taxes. It was about pure control. And so when Mary and Joseph are making their way and Christ is coming, they're going to under a regime and a power that's greater than anything we maybe have ever lived under. It's power and dominance to go and actually be more controlled. But Rome didn't know what was coming. The world didn't know what was coming. Power did not know what was coming. Christ was coming. And what they did with that control and that power, even though they knew they were going to just get more tax and they were going to have a census of their family line, and then when Caesar wanted to bring their children into war, he knew who they were. And anyone who disobeyed Caesar, he would then say, I know who your family is now. This was a dangerous, dangerous time. But powers had been going on for thousands of years before this. In the dynasties of Egypt, the dominance in Greece, and now the powers of Rome. Powers rise and powers fall. But this light, this one light, this one child was enough to topple an entire dynasty, an empire, and really bring light to the world in, in face of all powers and all darkness. So let me read on. And Joseph went, uh, also went uh, from Galilee to the town, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which was, uh, sorry, which was the house of his lineage uh, of David. Verse 5, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Verse 7, and she gave birth to her firstborn and she wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. This is not a noble birth. This isn't the noble birth. If I were God, I'd want to be born into God incarnate. If you were God, would you choose this way? But why does God choose this way? 
It's a very specific thing that God does why he chooses Christ to be born in, a, in essentially a trough. Moms who just have your babies, and I can hear them right now, imagine your, you be, your child being born in a trough. Right now, we could never imagine that. They are in a position where they have no family that will take them in, and they have no place to go because Mary's with child. And God incarnate is born in not a very noble way. Jesus is probably the only one who could say, like, hey, I, when his mom's like, shut the door. Were you born in a barn? He could literally say yes. You know what I mean? He, he has a really good comeback, but that's not why he was born in that way. He wasn't born that way because that's all there was, and he surely wasn't born that way because heaven was short on cash. Jesus came for something very specific, and it's my first of two points really fast, is one, why he came this way. Why you see Jesus being born in a manger in such a humble state is that this light of the world, it, it, it confounds us. It's the light that confounds us. It breaks the human brain. Why, when you can have so much, do you choose so little to come that way? Why God, who in all of his majesty would choose in such a way to come this way, it breaks the brain. But I think this is true. The manger is a metaphor of the saving grace and love of God. It's just a metaphor. That God comes in ways that will break your brain. Christ comes into your life and changes things that actually confuse you. Like the movement of Christ when somebody gets a hold of the truth of the gospel and people are like, what's wrong with you? You know people like this and you might have been like this. I have that story where my friends are like, something's gotten a hold of you. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, no, I am a believer. And they're like, you're weird now. And I'm like, I don't know. It broke people's brains. It confused them. And who God chose and how he chose confuses people in the powers that we have in our world. This is why you should never, ever, ever worry about the world and its powers around you. You should never fear it because the way God came was to, dis to, to disturb that power. It doesn't understand the way God works and the nature of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 6 explains why God chose to come in the form of which he did in Christ at the manger. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 6 uh, or 26, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes and powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. Now, please, this is a verse to know and remind ourselves. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Verse 28, God chose things uh, despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. Verse 29, as a result, and here's the outcome, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Th this is who God is. So Christ comes this way because everything that mankind holds is powerful, important, esteemed. Those and thems 
God comes and breaks the entire system with Christ. I love that God is this way. That we, we can get overwhelmed by the powers of the world, but God says, fear not. I'm with you. The way I do things is different. And from the beginning, he's been confounding mankind's ways when Christ came in that light into the world. And I have to ask this. Do you remember when you met Christ? Have a moment. Remember it. You maybe, maybe you were sure of things and things were going exactly how you thought, but Christ came in and, and confounded you, baffled you. Maybe things... You weren't so sure about things, and you met Christ in a very hard place, and he baffled you with his grace, astounded you. Maybe you were confident and things were good and everything was going well for you, and Christ met you and gave you a new way to think about life that your confidence was in, but now no longer you put it there. Maybe he baffled you. Maybe you weren't confident. Maybe you were important. Maybe you were not important, etc. But when Christ comes into our life, that light that happened in that manger, just like everyone else around him couldn't believe this was God incarnate, it, it, it breaks the brain. But that's what he does in our life. He confounded you. Remember the first time you met him. It confused you, his grace, his mercy. It confused you that there was stability and strength and faith. I, um, I'll say it this way. That once you met Christ, part of the, 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 the power of Christ to humble the wise is, is that he made you see the world differently. It was no longer from just your perspective, the world. It was no longer just about you. It expanded greatly. Let me give you an example. Um, well, let's, let's work through this right now. Can you throw this first image up? That's where you're at right now. I Googled you. You're here. Google knows you're here. It's tracking you, and it knows that you're here. You know this. You know what you see now. You're very confident in that you're here right now, right? And we think, okay, maybe God hears me. And, and we may be forgetting how big God is, but I want to show you maybe how big God is and how mind-blowing it is that God is with you right now in your seat, you, individually. And, and I just kind of just wanted to walk it all the way out. So this next thing, you know Long Beach, right? You're good, you have an idea, so you know this, you know this, you're very confident, you understand Long Beach. And then go on further, you understand you're in California, and so there's a 20-some million people, I think, or more, I don't know, maybe more, or maybe I should know with the census, but a lot more. And, and, and you know California, you know where you are, you're California, you have your identity around that Long Beach, you know who you are now. And then there's this more, there's the United States, and you're a part of the United States, and you're an American, and you're confident in that. And maybe here's where you start to maybe not feel so confident, is then there's the world. And there's a world... Now remember, you're here, and God knows you right now, and he sees you right where you're at, and he's very in tune with who you are, and he has a personal relationship with you. But then we're just talking about now the world, this great light. And then there's, the, there's what? The solar system. It's not there. <laughs> the solar system <laughs> without Pluto. And, and it's all, 
it's, it's all there, and it's big, and we, can't, we can barely see beyond it. We can maybe look out at the sky, and that's kind of what we know. But God's bigger than this, and he's still yet connected to you because of this great light. And then there's our galaxy, which is, we, you know, bigger than that in thousands and maybe millions of solar systems in here. And then there's the universe, which is a lot of those. <laughs> I want to show you how big God is and how important you are, even though you feel maybe at moments insignificant. I want you to know that as is, is, is insignificant, or maybe unimportant, or, or uh, uh, just there's so many people, how could God just know me personally, that this child who broke the brains of everybody around them and rattled your life in a way that you just can't believe God would love you. This God of the universe is very much connected to you right there, right now, in your seat. To Back to here, this last place. He knows you're here, the God of that universe. It's bigger than you think. Christ coming is much bigger than you think, and who you are to God is more important than you maybe realize. The birth of Christ brought you in that direct connection with the God of the universe. And that's why it goes beyond any identity you might hold, any security you might hold, any powers that be. The God of the universe is not your, only your maker. He's your father in heaven. I will say this. If you've ever felt insignificant, purposeless, powerless, lost, alone, worthless, overlooked, uncared for. God sees you. He knows you. He loves you right in that seat you're sitting in now. It's not lost on him at all. That should confound your mind. That should mess you up a little bit this year in Christmas and think, wow, God, what awe I have to have for you. God of the universe knows who I am right here, right now. I pray that that light confounds us all this Christmas. We do not forget that. The very last thing, and this will be quick, is that, that Christ came to be not just a light that people don't understand that really sub is subversive to the entire world's power system, but it's light to all, to everyone. There is no discrimination with God. The good news is the light in your darkness the good news is that forgiveness replaces shame. The good news is that you've been forgiven. The good news is that you have a Father in heaven. The good news is that there is now light and life in you eternally and now. Let me read Matthew 5, uh, 4, uh, 4.15. In the land of, of Zebulun, the land of Nephtali, the, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee, and Gentiles... The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Now, this is after Jesus' temptation, and it's listing out just a few of the lands that were in darkness and now going to experience this great light. But I want you to hear the words, which is, I've, you've seen a great light for those dwelling in the region of the shadow of death. On them, a light has dawned from the time that Jesus began preaching and saying, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's nothing like the moment light shows up in your life when you're in complete darkness. 
I've only been lost once at night. It was in Paladero Canyon. It's the second largest canyon in the United States, and I was lost there trying to res really rescue a kid and bring him home. We were out at this place, and if you can put this up, it's a, this is the, where I was at in the middle of the night at this place called the Lighthouse in this canyon. And this kid had passed out, hyperventilated, and me and my friend had to carry him home. We had no water, no food, no light. And all there is in that canyon is scorpions, rattlesnakes, bugs. It was the worst. And I'm from Michigan. We don't see that stuff. <laughs> and as we were going through, it was miles and miles to hike through the canyon as we're carrying this kid who is about 6'4 and 220 pounds. And, and we were, had him together and we're bleeding everywhere. And word had gotten back that we got left. Now, this is how I think the light is when it comes into your life or when it came into your life or what, even how it felt to see the light over the hill is one intern of mine, he just got in his truck and he did the most illegal thing possible. He drove through the trail, hiking trail, with his 4x4 truck for miles. I think he broke his suspension coming to get us. And we were, me and my friend were like, well, we're going to have to camp overnight and stay here. We don't have anything to cover us with. And I was just like, like the grossest thing. And it was dark, and all of a sudden, in the middle, <laughs> I saw these lights bouncing up of his headlights of his truck, and he's going down these ravines and up, and, and I was like, is someone driving a truck? <laughs> and sure enough, it was my intern, Josh. And he was like, I didn't want you to leave you out here by yourself. I'm like, thank God. You did this very illegal thing we will never speak about. <laughs> And he brought us home. And I remember seeing those lights, and it was one of the greatest moments of, wow, we're found. And he took this risk. That light is for all. I don't know if you're here, and you've been in darkness, and you're waiting for some lights to show up in your life. But I'm telling you today, that's what Christ is. I can have a lot of people raise their hand and share their testimony to you personally about when they were in darkness, maybe where you were at. And that they found this great light over the horizon. Man, that's such a powerful thing. John 8, 12 says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christmas is here to remember that that, that light, Christmas, gave hope. It's not just a new identity that is connected to the God of the universe, to you right now but a new life and a new inheritance. Last passage, Colossians 1, uh, 12 through 14. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. God has qualified you. You who feels unimportant, you who feels insignificant, you who feels unworthy. God has qualified you Verse 13, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And I love this word in this passage to trans who and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He qualified you. He transferred you into his kingdom. No longer under the powers around you. No, under, no longer worrying and running from the Caesars of any era. 
All dynasties kneel before this power. And he transferred you into this, that there's redemption, rebuilding, wholeness in you, and there's forgiveness of sins. There's citizenship, there's adoption, there's freedom in the transfer. You are in a new place. And so this Christmas, I'll give you three reminders before we light our candles tonight. Remember the gift of Christ. Remember that beautiful great gift that you've been given. Don't get distracted too much this year, but remember the gift. It's, it's, it's the greatest treasure you have. The light, the grace, the peace, the love, the wholeness, and the freedom that you now have. Rem and the, another reminder is remember the light that confounds the heights of humanity. The greatest of all thinking, the greatest of all systems, the greatest of all powers, everything we put our confidence in. Remember that is how Christ came and let that manger be a metaphor for you that God will always blow your mind with how he works. So do not fret, do not fear. And the last is to remember the light that shines for everyone. No darkness is too great to overpower God's light. No heart is too lost to overpower. No heart is too hard. No mind is too cynical. No past is too great. And I would say ultimately the transfer is always waiting when you're willing. I, I love God. I love what, how, how God operates. I love it that I can take no pride and no arrogance in what he does. I can't boast. I can boast in him. But remember that that is there waiting for everyone. If you guys could bow your heads right now. You know, in this moment, I want to take just a second. And the light began with Christ, right? So we start up here with this single candle. And essentially, it began to spread to his disciples, this light, and spread to those who followed Christ in a bigger group and then began to spread beyond the walls of Jerusalem and began to spread beyond the range of Israel into the entire world and to where you're at now. The gospel is a is a heart-to-heart -heart transformation or a transplant God does, but it just goes from person to person to person and pretty soon it lights up an entire room and I think that Ultimately, the gospel, or the light, is a, it's, it's, a, it's a light that is in an individual story as well. You're, you're reaching and looking, but you're hoping and not finding, and maybe today is that day for you. I think as we light our candles, right, I'll say this as you light your candle. And if you could, would you stand with me? Because we're going to take a moment and worship and light our candles. I have two instructions for you as you light your candles. One, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a believer and you say, yes, I follow Jesus, and as you light your candle, please take a moment and re- Affirm and recommit the mission 
of the church, which is I will share this light with another. If you're a Christian in here and that's who you are, then as you light that candle in that moment, let that be a sign to you that I will share this light with another. I'm not just meant to hold this. I'm meant to give it to another person. And it may take years to eventually share that light, or it may take a day. I don't know, but share what God gave you. It's the best thing you could do with the light that you have. And if you are someone who is not a follower of Christ or have not been following him, I would say this is when you light this candle today and you'll want to be a follower of Christ, you want light in your life, let this be a moment that signifies that I today is the day I, I want light in my life. And you'll do that in your seat, in your moment, talking to God as your light is being lit. And if you're someone who has been in darkness or you have not been following Christ, in the moment, just take that moment as it's being lit and say, I accept the light of Christ in my life. And the Bible's very clear. You repent for the life and sin that we have all collected and accumulated. We cannot live up to, to making right. Only God can. And we invite Christ into our life and say, Jesus, you be the Lord of my life. I'm not doing as great a job as you can. And I need you. And then you began to follow. Listen, I'll just tell you this. You receive his love. You receive his grace. And I think he will do something incredible for you this season as you walk out. So let's pray. I'm going to read Isaiah 50.10 over us. Who among you, this is a prophecy about Jesus. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him walk in darkness. Or sorry, let him who walks in darkness and has no trust in the same name of the Lord and rely on his God. If you are in darkness, trust in God to save you. And he will. And if you do that today and you want to speak with someone other than the friend that brought you, come find me. I would love to talk with you and walk through some steps that we can go from here on out in your journey. So let's pray and then we'll light candles. God, as we light these candles to you, God, let it be a sign of our commitment to share the gospel wherever we go and celebrate the light in our life. And God, as some light the candle for the first time in their life today, God, let it be a moment that they'll look back on and remember that that's the day they were in darkness and found light. And so God, we love you. Thank you for sending your son to be born and live amongst us. And thank you for this season, for all the things and all the gifts, especially Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing with us a song?